Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Passion for Passions. I'm Marcus, and I love passions. So, uh, where we left off in the past two episodes, uh, so there was the first podcast, which covered a great deal of episodes, really. It was 1 through 128, uh, because I had been watching Passions up to about then before I decided, you know what, let's do a podcast. Um, and then the second episode was episodes 129 through 170. And this episode, a uh, much shorter span of episodes, 171 through 199, basically. And um, that's probably going to continue that trend of maybe smaller uh, segments of episodes because, yeah, I definitely cannot do a podcast per season because they are going to get way too many episodes per season. Um, but yeah, so that's where I am right now. I've just finished episode 199, uh, and a lot has happened in a few episodes. I mean, though, sometimes it's kind of like a lot didn't happen as well. Um, but there are a few key things that I really, 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 really remember about these last set of episodes because some of these, you know, these topics go for a while. The first thing that I really remember is that there was... There was, there still kind of is, this huge thing going on with Charity, who, you know, she had the bird statue in her room when we left off, uh, because Kay stuck it in there and knew that it would, like, cause some sort of bad reaction for Charity, though they seem to all believe it's just due to, like, an allergic reaction, which is like, no, that's not how allergies work, typically? I, I don't know. But, whatever, it's soap opera logic and either way charity is just having a horrific time um no matter what she does she cannot st stop seeing visions of eve russell and julian crane um and this is presumably because the bird statue has the scandalous pictures of them you know being romantic together in it and well we know that's the case uh but you know we haven't seen them specifically but we're seeing now these visions of charity that pretty much clearly show what was going on between them and it's very clear um it also turns out that yes this was happening i guess while she was still with her husband tc um but i don't think tc and her were married yet uh but still you know not a great look to be you know if she were to be outed as a, a cheater at any point especially since she's got this sort of impression to her whole family that she is this perfect mother which is very weird because why would anyone think that why would your family think oh you're just perfect like does anyone think that about a family member maybe but usually you have enough you know insight to realize no they're not perfect um you know no matter how much eve tries i'm sure she has bad days but whatever anyway so that's going on and that really reaches a climax because you know eve is like I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to, like, refer you to a specialist that I work with at the hospital, um, you know, see if we can figure something out about these problems. Because clearly it is so fully engrossing Charity at this point. They're not just quick visions in the tea. They are, like, constant. All she can do is sleep and wake up, and when she wakes up, she's seeing the visions again. So they take her to the hospital, and um, I... I believe that Kay, at this point, brings the bird statue to the hospital. She puts it in a big teddy bear that Miguel won for her. And, uh, you know, just sticks it there in the room. Because she's like, oh, look at this thing from Miguel. You know, here, it'll help you in the hospital. But really, the bird is in there. 
The one thing I didn't get about that bear is like, why was there a zipper on it? That doesn't make any sense. Like, why would there be? Obviously, just to stick the bird statue in, but normally that I don't think big plush toys have that. Um, they're not meant to have stuff stored in them. So yeah, she's in the hospital, and it, you know, there's a very I would say, I guess it's, you know, certainly in 2021, it's not a very sensitive portrayal of things going on in the hospital and, and mental health, uh, clearly not in year 2000, but whatever, I was like, okay, I'll deal with this, um, because Charity, you know, she gets worse, and they have to put her into a another space, kind of where she's just in her, by herself in the, quote, mental ward, um, so that's where she goes, and they, in case, still brings the bear in there to keep it, keep it going. You know, just this girl is going to just be stuck in this hospital for the rest of her life if he's stuck with this freaking bird statue with her. Um, something really great that finally happens is Simone finally stands up to Kay, even though it's secretly where she takes the bird statue out, you know, brings it home in her purse. And I'm like, good on you, Simone. I'm so glad you realize that this was nuts and that you know you got to do something because otherwise Kay is going to be totally content to leave you know Charity having this horrible you know life where all she can do is you know wake up and see these visions though I mean are they that bad like Charity was freaking out so hardcore about them and I don't understand why exactly I mean I do Okay, I understand it would be extremely upsetting and disturbing if you were suddenly seeing things like that weren't happening right now. Absolutely. But I feel like at some point, you know, if you've seen them for like a couple days or something, you're going to know something is terribly wrong, but I feel like I'd be able to stop screaming about it maybe. I might, I, I don't know. That's just me. Like I kind of deal with dangerous things well not dangerous but problematic troublesome things like I I can kind of put a lot in internally internalize a lot of things um to avoid you know outward outbursts I don't know but yeah I don't know if I were her I'd probably just you know try to calmly explain like I am seeing these things I can't stop seeing them but I wouldn't be like screaming like, Eve, no, don't. He's not your husband. No, no, stop, stop. What are you doing? Why are you doing this with him? Like, please, child, you are a teenager. You know what sex is. You know what you should know that. Yeah, sometimes people cheat too. Like, is it, is it like, why? Is she, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, Charity's not having a good time at all until fortunately the bird statue gets removed from her room. That is also when the doctor gives her an experimental drug. And for that experimental drug, the only thing is that it'll have a side effect of making her very susceptible to being influenced by things that people say. Um, but because of that special drug, everyone thinks that it's the drug that fixed her, not the uh, fact that the bird statue is gone because no one knew about that except Simone and Kay anyway. But yeah, so the bird's gone into uh, Simone's house, the Russell household now, and uh, Charity is feeling better. But because of a very interesting set of circumstances, let's say, Tabitha is also in the hospital next to Charity's room. So she is able to say things through the like vent in between the rooms to try to uh, persuade Charity that she should kill Miguel. And uh, 
so what happens charity seems okay generally but she also seems a little bit weird when she gets out like that she's having these weird kind of zombie-like appearances at times and that she does start to have a, a like want to kill Miguel vibe going on um very early on you see this because she comes home and then she like picks up a pair of scissors and is like standing behind Miguel's back like she's gonna kill him with the scissors um she doesn't but you know it's it's just like what what okay I guess you're gonna do it now uh, I appreciate it because it's very unexpected where she that like she's gonna become persuaded to kill this guy that she loves so much. I think that is a great twist, okay? Um, but Charity again, just like I still don't know much about Charity except for the fact that you know she's she's so pure and these visions were so disturbing to her. Um, but you know I'm I don't know i'm there are people who like charity i know that i've heard someone say they like charity before so i know they're there i don't know if she gets better or like becomes more interesting because really it's just like things happen to her and otherwise she doesn't have a personality of her own so i don't know uh we'll find out i guess if she sticks around i don't really i because i don't like her so much i wish she would just be gone but i i don't know if she's meant to be there long term or whatever but hey we'll see Certainly characters have been getting more attention, you know, cycling through them. So maybe there will be a time when Charity gets actual character development. But that's, that time has not yet come, I'll say. So yes, um, that was a very long kind of plot arc of her being sent to the hospital and coming back. I really didn't like it because it felt like a lot of the episodes were almost the same for a while. Like it was just the same thing over and over again. But again, that's soap operas for you. I understand. So I did a lot of like work while I was also watching them on the side, which is fine with me. I still got, you know, what was going on. So yes, aside from that whole charity thing, well, there's technically more charity stuff that comes up as well. Um, but I guess I'll get to it now. I don't know. Um, there are multiple times where Charity tries to kill Miguel basically with her scissors. She even takes the scissors to her room. And I am like, girl, that is so creepy. <laughs> like, I'm going to possess to bring these scissors up to my bedroom with me and put them on my bedside table. Like, what are you doing, girl? Um, even one point, Kay even sees Charity walking around with the scissors and holding them up above Miguel. Like, would you not be more disturbed by that? Why would you just be like, uh, I, yeah, that's a little weird, but I'm going to ignore it. Like, come on, you know something very odd has just occurred and you like walked in on it and stopped her from doing something strange i don't know i'm surprised Kay didn't you know push more on that since she already hates charity so much but i guess it's just meant to be that way and also it supposedly the persuasive effect will not last it's going to, it's just temporary from what the doctors said so that means um at some point or maybe it has already come that charity's stopped this sort of zombie kill Miguel style um, and is now just going to be like normal I guess <laughs> normal as charity can be again uh, but I don't know I don't know so yes that's one of the hugest things that happened in this part uh, there was also of course the bird statue what happens after is no longer in that big bear that uh, Kay gave to charity well, as I mentioned earlier, it's now in the Russell home and she, uh, Simone shows it to her dad like, hey, I think there's something in this. Like, can we try to open it? 
and no one can open it. One thing that's funny though is like the last time it is shown being opened, it looks so easy. You just like twist the base and it's open. So I don't know why nobody can open it suddenly, but maybe it's fate. Maybe it's Teresa's fate somehow impacting in this. But yeah, no one can open it, which is I guess good. And so that's something that happens where when um, Eve comes home sometime, um, she learns from TC, hey, there's a bird statue that we've been like trying to open. Like, you want to try to open it with us? And Eve is like freaked out because any mention of bird statue is terrifying since she knows there is a there was a bird statue in Orville's house that had the incriminating photos in it. And um, my thought is, Orville, why, one, why did you have these photos? Two... If you have them and know that they're like dangerous to possess or like dang like bad if someone saw them and you seem to be on Eve's side, then why would you keep them all these years anyway? Why wouldn't you have just destroyed them years ago when you obtained them? Like, why did he have them still? That's what I don't understand. Um, because he does seem to be on her side and I don't know why that is either. Like he's not related to her in any way. So why does he need to protect her? But he does seem like, I don't know, because sometimes earlier he was presented as like mocking of Eve, like, haha, better hope those things don't come out, wah, wah, you know, but then later he turns to like, nobody can ever know it would destroy your life. And you know what, it's okay if you burn down my entire house to keep that um, secret safe, like I'm fine with that. Like what? So I don't know Orville's connection to Eve or why he cares about saving her from, you know, her life imploding at all. Um, because he, she clearly doesn't, like, love him. She hit him with her car, presumably. She almost, like, killed him in the hospital. So I don't know why Orville feels like he needs to take care of her. Or maybe he's scared of her uh, since she did almost try to kill him maybe twice. So he's scared and therefore he's like, okay, do what you want, Eve. I'll help you if I can, you know. I don't know, maybe that's what it is. But <laughs> yeah, so it get, the bird statue is in her house. Uh, she needs to, She's she can't find it though because by the time it's, she's like, okay, yeah, let me take that statue. It is missing. And that's because Simone threw it in the trash before she went out on a ski trip. And she was hoping that would be the end of it. Of course, it's not the end of it because once Eve gets word of it being in the trash, everyone's like, hey, let's go to the dump and look for it. Which to me seems horrible, like a horrible idea. A dump is full of things. I think it's extremely hard to find what you're looking for in a dump, even if it is like, okay, today's trash. Like, that seems like a lot of challenge, unless there's like only five people who get their trash picked up that day and then it goes you know and gets sent to the dump like that's a lot of trash it's not just gonna be like placed neatly on top um so i i don't know why they're like let's go to the dump so eve goes with julian uh it's fun because uh, tc and um mr whatever his name is sheriff man are there as well so they go and they meet up and when that happens, Eve's like, oh shit, Julian, you better like freaking hide. So she hides him in the garbage. And I love it because Julian deserves it for being a little, you know, jackass piece of shit. Um, so I love that he gets, you know, put in all the trash. And um, Eve, you know, meets up with her husband and whatnot. And is like, hey, blah, blah, blah. You know, I already looked over there so that they don't 
find the hidden trash Julian. So that was great. And a funny little, you know, follow-up from that is after Julian comes home from the dump, he walks in and his wife and Pilar are there and they're like, what the shit? They like look at him because he's like got trash on him, comically, you know, obvious trash all over his clothes. And he's like, not, you know, don't say a word. And then just walks up the stairs. And I'm like, that's great. That's beautiful. I love this. I love Julian, you know, getting what he deserves, even if it's just, you know, in a silly way and not an actual, you know, he doesn't get knocked off or something. But I was appreciative of that. So I had fun there. Oh, um, so yeah, there's that whole thing going on. The bird statue is not discovered in the dump because a, a homeless man has taken it because he heard, he saw an ad in the paper that uh, people, someone was looking for a bird statue. We find out the person who sent that notice out is um, Mrs. Crane. And she knows about the whole bird statue. Oh, actually, how does she know? She knows about potential oh i know how she knows okay so she heard charity saying the names of eve and julian and so she's like oh they had a thing and so she sort of brings this up to julian he's like no and he's but he's been having a lot of weird phone calls he keeps talking to eve and somewhere in the, along those lines it sleeps uh, it slips something about a bird statue so mrs crane knows Ivy knows that something is up about some bird statue. So that's why she puts the ad in the paper for the bird statue. But uh, fortunately, Pilar picks up the phone and does not tell the homeless man to bring the bird statue there. She's just like, she's just like you got the wrong number. And um, so that man with the bird statue actually comes around to Grace's house. When he's at Grace's house, he's like, hey, you want this bird statue? I know you've got like this, you know, store that sells stuff. She's like, no, um, but she gives him money anyway and just like says, hey, you know, try asking this other store instead. And as a result, you know, Grace comes back. She's like, oh, that's so funny that we were just talking about bird statues. You know, this guy just came to the store and he had offered a bird statue. And honestly, Grace, if you already heard people talking about it, like, why wouldn't you have just fucking bought it and been like, hey, isn't that funny? Look at this bird statue I just bought. I wonder if it's the same one. Like, why? Why wouldn't you have? Um, but so Eve is still like flipping out, um, thinking this is or is not the same bird statue that Orville owned, but she still hasn't laid eyes on it yet, um, uh, because she hasn't, you know, she never got to see it. Chad saw the bird statue, uh, but, uh, Eve never did. Yes, there's that going on as well, this, the bird statue plot. Uh, oh my god, in the hospital when everyone is there, uh... Eve walks in on Ivy trying to seduce Sam in one of the rooms. And I was like, oh my god, is she really going to see this? And she does. And so it wasn't like they were doing anything, but Ivy was like very close up on Sam, like wanting to kiss him or whatever. So when uh, Eve walks in, she's like, oh, oh my god, I don't, Sam, how could you, you know? Um, and apparently Eve and Grace are best friends. So Eve is like, I need to tell, I need to tell Grace. I cannot not tell her what you're doing here. Even though she didn't see anything exactly, it was very suspicious, extremely suspicious, really. So I understand that. Um, 
she doesn't tell Grace because Grace is so worried about, you know, charity, going to the hospital and all that. Um, but when Eve does speak with TC about it, he kind of reveals that, yeah, Ivy is has a thing for Sam, but Sam is not reciprocating. And I think at the end, uh, Eve does believe that, that Ivy is just trying to target him. Um, but she does believe that uh, Sam should tell Grace about his history with Ivy. He should. And I agree. For one, it was before he met Grace, as far as I know, fully. Um, and if he would just freaking tell her, then she would know to be on alert about things re relating to Ivy. I don't see what's the bad thing about fucking telling Grace. Why? Why? What's wrong with telling her? I don't get it. I do not understand at all. I mean, like, what? Are you supposed to be, like, this pure person who's never had an affection for anyone else in your entire life before getting married? Like, come on. That's so silly. I don't understand why Sam is such a bitch about it. You should just tell her. Um, he should have told her a long time ago, honestly. Just say, hey, you know, you know, here's my past. You know, I dated some people, and that's what it is. Uh, I don't understand. Of course, I also don't understand why Ivy's like, I finally realized I'm wrong. And I must have Sam. Like, what? Girl, it's been like at least 20 years since you've been together. Like, why do you care? I mean, okay, Sam is like built. But so what? What does it matter? Like, I don't understand her. I mean, maybe she's just like, I'm rich. I can do what I want. I can get what I want. But like, you get, you fine. You want some guy? You could hire a guy who's like extremely handsome and whatever and have on the side like I don't know you don't need Sam I think she has fun tormenting him though so I guess that's why and she has fun thinking about destroying their lives but she doesn't want her life destroyed so I don't know it's uh it's uh something <laughs> it's really something yeah but I mean there's other things that have been going on the big thing that like, I was shocked happened was the whole moment when they are all, the young kids have just decided to go onto a ski trip in the mountains. And let me tell you, I did not expect something huge to happen in these episodes, but I'm glad it did. Which is basically that they, uh, they all go to the mountains to ski, have a fun ski time. Um, but while they're there, it's determined by Tabitha that, I don't remember when she first decides this, but it's just a continuing thread that Charity needs to be the one to kill Miguel somehow. And the way that they decide to do this, Tabitha decides to do this, is now that they're on the mountain, hey, I am going to set off an avalanche, and that will somehow make it Charity's fault that Miguel died. And, yeah, kind of tenuous to me, but whatever. It's, again, soap opera logic, right? So, and I didn't know what was going to happen, but, I mean, it was so fun, in a way. Um, because Tabitha gets out of, like, all her, all her TNT and sticks it up there um, on the mountain. She makes a call to make sure Miguel goes up there. And Charity comes with, because, I don't know why, just because she wants to be with him. Um... So, yes, they decide to go up the mountain and, I guess, ski. Oh, before that, there's this thing with Kay 
where before Charity arrives, because Charity's been having visions of Miguel dying, so she doesn't want to go on the trip. Um, but uh, Tabitha uses reverse, uh, not reverse logic. You know what I'm talking about? That reverse, whatever, where she, so that she makes Charity go. Um, but yes, uh, well, before Charity arrives on the mountain, oh, Kay is trying to be like, I'm gonna get. I'm going to, you know, send a note to Miguel and I'm going to go in this hot tub and I'm going to not be wearing a top and then Miguel's just going to throw himself at me. And I'm like, I don't know, Kay, what you think about young men, but they're not all just full hormone, you know, bombs who are just going to lose their mind because their friend is not wearing a top and just going to ravage you. Like, what are you... What do you know or think you know about men? I don't understand because she's always like this. I just, I'm just going to be so sexy and then Miguel can't resist me. Like, what are you talking about? I don't understand. Like, especially if you've been friends forever, like a lot of the times those, that's when those friendships feel more like family bonds, like a brother and sister or something. So, you know, they're not, you're not just going to suddenly be like, snap, okay, I want to have sex with you now. Like, that's not normal and a lot of times Kay has really been like a little bit uh, and sometimes earlier I didn't really peg it as such but some of her plans are basically date rape um and I guess that's probably uh, maybe wouldn't have been interpreted that way in the 90s and early 2000s um because you know obviously a lot of stereotypical assumptions are that men are um the ones who are are doing this doing this to women and not the other way around but of course a woman can do it to a man or to another woman etc um but yeah so when she mentions stuff like that i'm like mm, girl do you realize like what you're really saying um but this one was more just i'm just gonna be you know so attractive to miguel that he's gonna throw himself at me i'm like okay whatever girl um but then who shows up mr reese shows up and like goes in and I was like, girl, look at fucking Reese. Look how, look how strong he is. Like, I know he's wearing a sweater, but you could totally see how huge and buff he is. Just get with Reese. Oh my God, child. Why not? He clearly wants you. Just get with him. I don't know. I don't know. Um, nothing happens with them either, you know, aside from a funny moment where Miguel and Cherry like walk on, walk in on them in the tub hot tub together but yeah otherwise nothing happens reese unlike uh, miss freaking um k seems to be a bit respectable at least a little bit you know he's first like hey ooh, you're not wearing a top okay let's i guess you want to do something but then when when k's like no 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 um he he you know stops and he's like oh okay i'll wait for you um yes 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 uh but of course now that we're on the ski thing there is a whole heck of a lot going on. We've got the group of kids who are on the mountain. We've also got, well, uh, actually, Whitney and Teresa are also in the vicinity, but they're not in the ski lodge. They decided to stay at Ethan's family place. Uh, that's like their little cabin. And, of course, not just them, but there is people already there, although no one knew that the other group would be there. Ethan is there because he is with Chad. They went up to the mountains to figure out the wedding music and also watch sports together. 
just bros hanging out, you know. Um, but these two women come in and, you know, fight. For, well, they don't fight, but they do get into an, a, little tiz, a little tiff because uh, neither knows the other is there. So um, the men tackle the towel-clad women who have just taken shower because they think that they're burglars, but they're not. They're just their friends. So everyone starts hanging out, having a good time, but it all gets broken up by Tabitha's genius idea to cause an avalanche, which she does successfully do. And it's, like, pretty epic. I was having fun with seeing the, you know, pretty, I don't know what they are. They're not clips made by the show, but just, like, these clips of avalanches. And then the music, and everyone is freaking out. And I'm like, yes, what's going to happen? I have no clue. Is someone going to die? Um, and so where I'm at right now is the avalanche has occurred. And uh, Tabitha's okay. Timmy's okay. Uh, Whitney has injured her leg, but it seems like generally okay, uh, as far as I can tell, because Chad, you know, checked it out and dressed it, and it didn't seem like, it, you know, her leg was broken or anything. She just got an injury somehow. Um, Teresa's okay, except for the fact that she's mumbling, I love you, and I've always loved you, to Ethan when he was, you know, taking care of her, uh, getting her off the mountain. Uh, I think Kay, Simone, and uh, all of them are okay, but it's really Charity and Miguel who are the couple, of course, of note here. Charity wakes up, and she finds Miguel pretty much buried in snow except for his head, and he's, like, bleeding from his mouth. And he hasn't shown any signs of currently uh, waking up or anything. So at least at this point, they're kind of implicating that maybe he's dead. Uh, but I don't know that. Cherry doesn't know that either, I don't think, because she didn't, like, do a check for pulse or check for breath or, or anything. Um, she's just, like, freaking out, like, Miguel, 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 no, Miguel. Um, and what I think is really ridiculous is, she, okay, so Charity does not know for a fact that Miguel is dead. She has not checked to try and see if he is dead. All she's doing is cradling his head and screaming. And why? Why wouldn't one, if even if you were in a panic state, I would feel like you wouldn't immediately assume the person is dead. I know she is because she's been having visions. But if I were in a panic state, I think, and I wanted to save this person in any way, I would probably just start immediately trying to dig him out of the snow, which she does not do. She just leaves him fully in the snowbank. I'm like, what are you doing? Even if you think he's dead, wouldn't you want to still do that? But I would be afraid that he's alive and he's going to die if he stays in these cold temperatures. So I would, like, try to dig him out. Oh, my God. Um, but she doesn't. She's crying because she's charity. Um, I'm just like, come on, girl. Um, so that's they're the ones who are in trouble, really, right there in the mountain. Uh, Teresa and Whitney are, you know, taken back to the cottage and taken care of. And that's pretty much where we've left off. Uh, so far, as of the last episode I watched, that's where it is. And I don't know what's going to happen with Ethan because he's like, yeah, uh, I heard what you said. I didn't know your feelings were so strong. But it's probably going to be yet again Ethan being stupid and being like, I didn't know you loved that guy so much. Uh-huh. But we'll see. Oh, my God. No, I forgot. Sheridan. Sheridan's whole thing. Oh, my God. I totally forgot. I'm like squeeze squeezing my face with my hands right now when I did that because I forgot so hard. Um... 
Sheridan has this huge misunderstanding with Luis because the Crane family is trying to get them apart, of course. So they hire a man who puts on a mask that looks exactly like Luis's face and has exactly Luis's voice so that when Sheridan walks up on this fake, the fake can say a lot of mean things and say, like, I'm using Sheridan for her money. Aren't I so smart? And Sheridan sees this and she runs away. And when she sees the real Luis, she's like, okay, I get you. And slaps him and is like, I'm leaving. And I'm like, no. And they never, you know, there's always these moments where, of course, Luis is like, why are you so angry? What did I do wrong? And she's like, I'll tell you. But she never tells him what he did because things always happen. But as a result of all this, you know, annoyance and his inability to speak to the other person like a normal person, Sharon decides to go back to France to get away from Luis. And I'm like, no, girl, you don't got to go all the way back there just to get away from one man. Um, and I was hoping she wouldn't leave, but she does leave. And then because of that, there's this whole thing where John Luke was in the drug trade and the people who killed him want to kill Sheridan because she knows what they look like, even though she has no idea about the drug stuff. Um, so that's go that going on like that. She will be in danger if she's in back in Paris again. And Luis finds out because he sees like a fax or whatever. So he goes after her. I'm like, yeah, go save her. Go get her back. You know, be with her again. Because I like that relationship. I like them together. It's a much better relationship than freaking Miguel and Charity. They have nothing, no reason to be in love. But Luis and Sheridan are so great because they, you know, started so much hating each other. I love it. Um, but anyway, Sheridan leaves. Luis goes after her. He goes after her, but she's still pissed. So she's like, you know, first like, oh, why are you, why are you here? But when he tries to bring up John Luke, she's like, no, get up, you know, stop it. Um, I'm not in trouble. Like you're, you're an idiot. Um, so Luis tries to leave, but then he ends up not leaving. And that's kind of where we are as well. Um, because Miss Sheridan goes to John Luke's house and ends up getting captured by the two men there, the drug men, and they hold her at gunpoint. They're going to kill her. They're just discussing ways to kill her. So Luis is like, okay, I, I need to find her. I feel like something's going to happen. Um, so that's where I'm at with them, where he's hopefully going to find her before she gets killed i would sure hope that's what happens but i guess i don't know anything about passions so yeah that's where i that's where i've left off so far there has been a lot of things as always happening in these small span of episodes i appreciate it i'm looking forward to seeing what's coming next because i just i don't know what to expect i didn't expect there to be an avalanche i'll tell you that much um so there's, you know, like in, in the previous set of episodes, I didn't expect Tabitha to become a fish, uh, but she did. So there's always room for all these things that are just these twists and turns, which nobody can anticipate. And I really like that. I'm enjoying this show. I want to watch it. I wanted to watch more episodes, but I was like, no, I need to stop right now because I want to have a good cutoff point. Like 199 or 200 is a good stopping point for this podcast. I don't want to go further. You know, especially there's going to be more wild developments. But yeah, so that's where I am right now. I'm still doing this show. And thank you for listening. If you're listening, I would suggest, you know, reach out to me. Let me know because I would love to connect with Passions fans more than uh, I already do. 
So I'm on Twitter at MarcusBoy, spelled M-A-R-C-U-S-B-O-I. And uh, yeah, that's my Twitter handle. But yeah, so thank you for listening to Passion for Passions, and I'll be back soon with yet another episode.